Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. Oh, what a time to be alive. What a time to be on fire for Jesus. Amen. I was thinking about it as, as Pastor Nancy was talking about that. Um, I do want to hear well done instead of just well. <laughs> I don't want to leave anything on the table. Glory to God. Hallelujah. There's a big Tom. One thing about knowing big Tom is you can see him anywhere in the auditorium. <laughs> We've been friends a long, long time. You and I are going to do this thing a long time together. We're going to die young at an old age. Praise God. Turn around and shake hands with two or three people and say, thank God for the skill of the Spirit of God. Remember David Ellis? Come on, give David a hand. Almost 25 years to now we've been together. Right? I see. I, that's 20, 25. I, yeah, it's 25. Yeah. 25. Yeah. Can I say thanks for the thing you have done for me? Things so undeserved, yet you've done to prove your love for me. I was thinking about this song today. And I was reading in the book of Revelation. And Andre Crouch, of course, the psalmist of God. And Andre talked about a million angels. I read today about a hundred trillion angels. And they all spoke with one voice. Whoa. Dear Lord God. You know what we're going to do when we get to glory? We're going to spend a lot of years just, oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, oh, oh. oh you see that? Oh yeah. <laughs> the voices of a million angels could not express my gratitude all that I am or ever hope to be I owe it all to thee to God Take it with me. To God 
be the glory to God be the glory for the things he has done with his blood he saved me with his power he Just let me live my life. Let it be pleasing, dear Lord, to me. Should I gain any praise? Let it go to coming a day very soon it will be the voice of God will be calling me I'll walk the streets of glory I'm going Love of God will fill the skies. I'll see the face of Jesus. I'm going
do it again on this time till we going home. Amen. There's coming a day very soon it will be the voice of God will be calling me we'll walk the streets of glory we're going home. The horn will blow. The angel will cry. The love of God will fill the skies. <laughs> we'll see the face of Jesus we're going home sing it with me but until we'll go Yeah. Oh, which is today. <laughs> We're going. Get a deep breath. Oh. Father, we thank you tonight. the living almighty God is so rich and alive oh Jesus thank you sir we give you praise ha 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 well you thought saith the spirit of truth and all this trouble and all of this mess that's happening in your country and mine oh yes this is my country it was given to me many 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 years ago 
covenants were made in the Mayflower. Covenants were made at Plymouth. Covenants were made in Jamestown. But remember this, this is the only nation ever formed with the purpose of worshiping me, saith the Lord. The only one. Because they love me. And I'll never forget it. I brought about the nation of Israel because I love them. This country was put together for the purpose of by people who love me. You think I'm going to let some devil steal this nation? What's the matter with you? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> I've already cast my vote, saith the Lord. Long, long ago. This that you're seeing. This that is happening right before your very eyes are birth pangs to the rebirth of the United States. <laughs> so give the Lord glory and say good things about him because he's coming very, very soon. Sooner than you think. No, sooner than that. No, no, sooner than that. No, no, sooner than that. Because the people in this room and the people that follow and in the same class and in the same way that you live and worship me, saith the Lord, you all of you know it's very soon. <laughs> it's sooner than you think. So tonight's the night to give him praise and worship him for a new nation. And once again, soon and very soon, once again, it will be the United States of America, not just America, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Rick, you and Nettie doing good? You look good, brother. Of course, you don't look near as good as she does. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Now I've got started calling names and I can just go all over the place. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, when I come to this place, I'm home, you know. And yes, sir. <laughs> I, really, I really mean it. I, I was telling David and Michael Knight when we drove up into this parking lot, there's, a, there's you know, when the spirit there's a there's times you go to places where the spirit of God is, and 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 wonderful places, but there are certain places where He rests. That's the best word I can come up with. He He, he resides there. It's tangible here. And every time we drive, I've been how long have we been coming here? Since. Yeah, I'd be with it. You count better than I do. <laughs> Praise God. Seven years. Hey, that's a good number. Uh-huh. 
And but I've noticed it, and every time I drive up in this in this in the driveway of this this facility, he's just here. And, and I, I can't ever say it. I guess I've said it every time I went. Just what a church! What a church! And it's not the it's not the only one, but and there are a lot of great churches and a lot of good churches, and um, of course, and there are others that I have this same experience, but. I don't know. This, this, this is a sweet place to me. It has a lot to do with, with Ed. And uh, anyway. Did you bring your Bible with you tonight? Now that's a silly question. Wasn't it? <laughs> Those of you that didn't, well, you know. Look on with somebody else. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. <coughs> Open your Bibles with me tonight, first of all, to Ephesians chapter 2. <coughs> Father, we come before your word with expectant hearts tonight. For it is the word of the living God, the, all, the, the almighty God, the almighty God. We serve the Almighty God. Say that. We serve the Almighty God. Say it again. We serve the Almighty God. He is the Almighty God. Say it again. He is the Almighty God. He's my God. I worship Him. And my faith is in Him. Thank you, Lord. And I pray again tonight, sir, that not one person in the sound of my voice go away from these services without being touched and moved and experience the power of the Almighty God. We believe it and we receive it and we ascribe all of the glory and all the praise to the wonderful, magnificent name of Jesus. And it's in your name, sir, that I pray. And I thank you, Father, for this name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your presence in here tonight. Thank you. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Nancy, your pulpit's too slick. <laughs> now don't mess around and turn it off. I want to be sure I preach long enough. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Let's see. I told you to open up the book of Ephesians, didn't I? All right. Ephesians chapter 2. The Spirit of God will answer questions tonight. Yes. And this does go right down the line of what the Spirit said through Pastor Dufresne tonight. Mm -hmm. Skillful in the word of righteousness. Skillful in the healings. Well, Brother Copeland, I don't understand it. 
Well, I didn't either for a long, long time. I just don't understand it. All of these outlandish miracles in the first covenant, the first testament. And it just continued right on through the second covenant, the second testament. Now, both words, covenant and testament, are very important. Very important. This is, this is something that, that the, the translators, they knew very well that that same word is translated covenant, but they were trying to tell us something. This is the will and testament of the Most High God. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's legal term. It's his will. Now that rung the bell right there. It's his will. Well, I just don't know, Brother Goldberg, whether it's God's will to heal me or not. Well, go wait in the car. That's right. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. I, this is going to be one of those nights, dog. Hallelujah. But see, that, that comes from, from a, a, a great amount of that comes through Western thinking. mental assent that the Bible is true and never act like it's true. But why is this? What, that, now, and that, that word testament is um, <laughs> Jesus of Nazareth, the only man, only one, To die in behalf of the will of God in the first testament. The last will and testament of the Almighty God. And be raised from the dead and probate his own will. Right. <laughs> now I'm going, I'm going to go back to days that that we don't we don't you're well taught and you and I don't think this way. But there are still people that that do. <clears throat> and let me ask you this question. Well, you know, Brother Copeland, I'm I I, I know I know we'll have a authority over the devil when we get to heaven. Well, what are you going to do with it? He ain't going to be there. Try to relegate everything to heaven or everything to the past. But right now, uh, we never know what God's going to do. You can tell exactly what he's going to do. He'll do exactly what he said he would do. Who is the 
this almighty God. He's exactly who he says he is. And he can do exactly what he said he can do. And he will do exactly what he said he would do. Exactly that. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I am the sole heir of A.W. and Vanetta Copeland. Aubrey Wayne <laughs> Copeland. My mom and dad. I was the only child. And, uh, oh, I don't want to get into that, but anyway. <laughs> and therefore, of course, my dad had a will. It was his last will and testament. Now I'm going to ask you the stupidest question that anyone has ever asked you. Did I receive as heir, as sole heir of A.W. Copeland, did I receive that when he died or when I died? <laughs> That's good. That's a good word, sir. Well, why, why, why on this big round earth would I think I'm going to receive what I inherited from God when I die? That's stupid in the fast lane. You understand that? <laughs> now, let me get back on what I came here to do tonight. So. I, <laughs> but you understand the question that I'm answering. Why is it, please tell me, that we have all of these miracles in, in in times of both covenants, marvelous things, earth-shaking things. And you have them in Africa and you have them in other places on earth. And little to nothing here in the Western world. And it's really so simple. <laughs> like Charles Cap said, this is so simple you have to have help to misunderstand it. <laughs> We've had some high-priced help, but and I won't get into that. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 2, look at verse 11. <clears throat> Wherefore, remember, that you being in time past Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands. Now here it is. Make note of Here's the answer. Yes, sir. At that time, when? Before you were born again. You're not a Gentile anymore. A Gentile just simply means somebody without God. At that time, say at that time. You were without Christ being aliens 
from the commonwealth of Israel. Here it is. And strangers from the covenants. Strangers from the covenants. Plural, both of them. Strangers from the covenants of promise without having no hope and without God in the world. You can be born again, baptized with the Holy Ghost. I mean, speaking in tongues, believing in healing with all your heart and never get much of it. And we're losing far too many battles. Far too many. This is it. Strangers from the covenants. Not covenant minded at all. No little to nothing about it. Some of you, the only covenant you ever heard about was some, you know, the, 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 the neighborhood covenants keep you from painting your house pink. <laughs> I mean it, when people think about covenants, I mean it, it don't mean anything. Because we were not raised thinking that way. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Lord, you want, uh, yeah. Okay. I'll use this as an illustration. Uh, let's, let's, let's talk the, about the difference between the way the Caucasian and the African American are raised. Yes, sir. We come from two different cultures. And by being raised, help me one. Um, <laughs> I know. Yes, sir. I've had a very, very, very close friend, and we were talking about this, and she looked at me and she said, Kenneth, ain't no way white people be that stupid. I said, Oh, yeah, we just dumb, brother. <laughs> Hey, one, two, three, four. Bringing in the sheep, bringing in the sheep. One, two, three, four. <laughs> well, let me tell you something. Like Brother Creflo said, I don't know why y'all clap like that. <laughs> But he said, I'm going to tell you one thing. We get together, we don't miss a beat, brother. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because of the mindset that was brought about from day one. For instance, generational curses. There's really no such thing. It's the way you were taught that's a curse. One man, God bless his heart, he's in heaven today. And uh, Joanne, if you're watching, I love you, babe. That's his, his, uh, his widow. And uh, <laughs> my mother... Oh, God bless her. She, uh, oh man. 
my mother had a very serious spirit of fear. Her appendix ruptured on the basketball court when she was just barely 16 years old. I'm talking about 1927. Now you understand what the, <laughs> in Lubbock, Texas in 1927, in the Lubbock Sanatorium where I was later born. And you had a ruptured appendix. You, you, that's a death sentence. You just die, man. And back there, then an appendix, appendix, appendectomy scar was more like this. I mean, man, you know, they had, to, it, it was just no technology hardly at all, medically, of course, compared to what it is. And the doctor didn't even bother to sew her up because she's going to die. And he just cleaned it up and just kind of put everything back in there and used cadaver clamps because she's going to die. And my grandfather <laughs> impressed him to... <laughs> anyway, he said what a full blood jerk he would say. Anyway, <clears throat> he did he scared the guy really bad. And he, so, he, so he sewed her up. She just refused to die. Well, she had a death sentence hanging over. And um, they told her she couldn't live over 10 years in that kind of condition. And she just believed God, just believed God, just believed God. She'd always, I mean, she's a prayer before that. I mean, she just prayed all the time. And then she just started praying. She's got to pray all the family in, got to get all them in. And then, you know, of course, I was a big project for a long time. And and she was that, that spirit of fear. And I remember we were at a, at a uh, prayer camp in Ardmore, Oklahoma. Oh, this, this goes way back. And Gloria and I and Gloria's mother and my mother, dad was, wasn't there. He was, he was traveling. And it was called a CFO camp, Camp Father is Down. And um, it was there at Lake Murray Lodge and they had an auditorium there, a very nice auditorium. It was a really nice place. And then they had cabins around and there was individual workshops and so forth. A lot of fun. Oh, just, you know, just kind of delicious stuff would take place. And uh, I wasn't in the cabin where she was but, oh, I'm telling you, somebody discerned that spirit in her. Mm -hmm. Now, you understand, not in her spirit. Right. No, nah, not in her spirit. It was in her physical body yeah. and was affecting her mind terribly. And you tell somebody, tell you, you're going to die every 10 years. Mm -hmm. Right. They cast that thing out of her. And the, the testimony came to me that it tore her. They, they were, it frightened everybody in there. That thing threw her down and tore her. And, and just, they, they thought, look, they thought maybe it might, have, might kill her. It was that violent. She came out of there. 
I want you to know that was one of the worst days Satan ever had. She was fierce. Fearless. Well, the man that I'm talking about, Jimmy Hester, talking about generational curses and how they occur. Now, <laughs> my mother had a prayer group every Monday night. It would get so big that you couldn't get close to my dad's house. And so then she would turn it over to somebody out of that prayer group to pastor it and, and she'd wait a year or two and then start another one and another church would come out. Well, this particular night, uh, someone brought Jimmy over there because he, is, he had really, really heart, heart trouble, really, really bad. And uh, <coughs> so let me back up a second. I, I came into a, a little local motorcycle shop that uh, I enjoyed. And Jimmy was sitting there. We, we rode bikes together and all that. And, and he, was, he was sitting there at the counter with a phone in his hand. And he saw me and he said, oh, wait, come on, come on in there. Now, he came into my mother's prayer group. And she saw death on him. And he was telling me about this after he got off the phone. And uh, my mother said, uh, what's the matter with you? He said, well, my grandfather died with heart trouble. My granddaddy died with heart trouble. And I got a bad heart now. Now his mother had told him, said, uh, James, you be careful. Because you know, Hester men don't live past their fifties. Now they said, you know, just you, just be careful. Now, these are all godly people, but strangers from the covenants of promise. Now, when I sat down there next to him, here's what he told me in that motorcycle shop that day. He said, Kenneth. Your mother said, I said, tell me the truth about that. He said, lady, I just told you the truth. My grandfather died with a bad heart. My father died with a bad heart and I've got a bad heart now. She said, I said, tell me the truth about that. He said, lady, <laughs> he said, Kenneth, she boxed my ears. He said, she hit me so hard right over both ears. She said, bless God, Isaiah 53, he bore your sicknesses and carried your diseases. And that's the truth about that. And he had this big grin on his face. He said, Kenneth Copeland, that was my doctor on the phone. I just got through taking a physical exam. 
and he said, I'm healthy. My heart is in perfect condition. And he said, I just turned my 65th birthday. Glory to God. Jerry Savelle and I helped do his home going in his mid to late 80s. See, that's not a generational curse. No, sir. No, sir. That's strangers from the covenant's yeah, promise. Yes, sir. That's right. Yes, sir. He's an alien. Yeah. Yeah. He had he no idea. I mean, back there then, he's just good Southern Baptist boy. He didn't know there was things I'd say. Yes, If you were to ask him, he'd say yes. But that's only mental assent to the fact that it's true, but it's there's no action or life in it. An alien and a stranger from the covenants of promise. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Now then, <clears throat> turn with me, please, to Romans chapter 4. I'm going to talk to you tonight about God, a covenant, and a contradiction. Now, as most of you know, and those of you that don't, uh, you're about to find out, that um, I had two spiritual fathers in my life. My father in the faith is Oral Roberts. I was a student at Oral Roberts University. He was the first one to lay hands on me and the anointing of this ministry. Of course, he had no idea who I was. The anointing of this ministry came in me and on me that day. Wish I had time to tell you the story. And then, now this is my 53rd year in the ministry. I went to Old Roberts University this, year, this month, 53 years ago. First time I was ever in the will of God in my life. Now, I was in the will of God when I married Gloria Jean. You understand that? <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, then I had been at ORU only a few days. Still, I mean, just, just had really started good. And uh, I was invited to come preach over the weekend at my mom and dad's home church. Well, actually, my, my, glory in my home church. We were, we were not in Fort Worth at that time, but that's where we were, the whole family of us, Gloria and me, John and Kelly, we were all baptized in water by Pastor Harold Nichols at Grace Temple Church in Fort Worth, Texas. And... Uh, so Brother Harold had invited me to come preach over the weekend and, and uh, <laughs> glory to God. 
And of course, we were there in mother's and dad's home there, the same place where I spent all of my years there in high school and all going there. And uh, I said, mother, do you have any tapes to listen to or anything like that? She said, yeah, this one in there and hand me this big seven inch reel. <laughs> and uh, we back there then we, we were tapeworms. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> 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 yeah. man, a lot. Oh, glory be to God. This was before the days of cassettes. Now some of you kids say, a what? Yeah. <laughs> Sweetheart, there were these things about this big. <laughs> And you had, you had an hour to an hour and a quarter on each side. And when it got to the end of the tape, it went flap, 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 flap. And you had to stop it, turn it over. <laughs> Look at that sweet thing looking at me like this. Something she had never heard of. Thank God you got something better than that. Now. I do too. Because I listen to him now on my phone. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. Amen. And I heard my first tape by Kenneth E. Now in 1986, at Rama Bible Training Center in Healing School, he preached this message. Now you mean you're going to preach his sermon just as close as I can get it? <laughs> well, what are you talking about? I've been preaching his sermons now. All these years, I'm not going to quit no, right now. No, <laughs> I wasn't smart enough to come up with that title. If I had been, I'd have come up with it 20 years ago. <laughs> no, it's just now time for it. A covenant. God, a covenant, and a contradiction. Romans chapter 4, please. Verse 17, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Before him, in the King James Bible, the reference before him or in the reference column, like him. Actually, it is the, the before is, is correct also. Like him in his presence. In his presence. And if you would like to uh, cross-reference that with something, you can look at 1 Kings 17.1 and just make a note of that and look at it later. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Not I'm going to, I have. I have. I've already done it. Whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Now let's go to the book of Genesis, 
the 17th chapter, please, to which this is referred, referring, verse 1. When Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the almighty God. That, the word the almighty God. Yes. He said, I am El Shaddai. El, the Almighty. No, I am the El God. Almighty. Anytime you see that word mighty is Shaddai. The root word in Hebrew language to the word Shaddai is referring to a woman's breast. It is, it is saying, I am the giver of life. I'm all you'll ever need. I am your nurse. I'm your life. I am the all-sufficient one. And there was a time in your life When you were a little infant, your mama was all you needed. She was everything. She fed you. She loved you. She took care of you. And us daddies just kind of stood around and looked. We couldn't understand you, but she could. <laughs> you know, I mean, come on now. You know, John or Kelly, now I say, Oh, Gloria, what did he say? She could tell me what he said. <laughs> she could understand that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's the reason you need to be speaking in tongues. Right. Amen. Well, I might say the wrong thing. Oh, shut up. You think, let me, let me ask you something. Did God come down on you when he's cussing? Mm, well, well, he's sure not going to come down on you when you're trying your best to, to worship him. That's just lies of the devil and lies of the flesh. God is your El Shaddai. He's the almighty God. Say it again. I serve the almighty God. I serve the El Shaddai. The God who's more than enough. The all-sufficient God. And he's my God. Hallelujah. When Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the almighty God. 
walk before me and be thou perfect. Now, don't let the word perfect uh, throw you. It just means blameless. And I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face and God talked with him. Two things extremely important here. He said, I will make my covenant between me and thee. God had already made up his mind. Now, uh, in the 15th chapter, yeah. you'll, you'll, it don't take time to, to, to read all of that. Now, you could absolutely, of course, do it later. But now, <laughs> he said in the 15th chapter, as for me, as for me. Now, look at this. As for me, think of that, as for me. In other words, you don't have to do this if you don't want to. I'll find me somebody else. Uh But I picked you, son, because you'll teach your children. That was his qualification, that he would teach his children. As for me, <clears throat> I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. Abram fell on his face and God talked with him. Now here's the second thing that I want you to see. It didn't say, and Abram fell on his face and talked with God. No, no. He had better sense than that. He fell on his face and kept his mouth shut. Did you ever stop and think about the fact that all your praying and all your asking and all your telling God about everything that's going on, you didn't inform him of anything? That's right. <laughs> oh God, they're doing this and they're doing that. Oh God. And he just I hope smiled. Man, it's the night before I'm supposed to go register at ORU. And I'm thinking, now, always remember, he's already working on the other side. Yes, he is. Yes, sir. Always. Yes, he is. Say always. Always. El Shaddai. God, your mother, yes. is working on the other side. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 
He's just as much female as he is male. He's referred to in the male gender because he created the man before he created the woman. It's as simple as that. I got to sit again something out of you girls with, with that. <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> so, I'm just, God, what am I going to do? I told Gloria, I, I mean, I'm supposed to register in the morning. I don't have a dime. I don't mean I kind of don't have a dime. <laughs> I was $24,000 in bad debt. So Gloria said, you must borrow money on your tricycle. <laughs> if I go to school, I can't go get a job. I could go to the airport and get a job. You know, I mean, I'm a commercially rated pilot. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I, I go get me a job. But I go get me a job, I ain't got time to go to school. Ha, ha, ha. Woe is me. <laughs> I said, Chloe, I got to find out what to do about this. Now I'm going in there and I'm, I'm going to get on my face and I'm going to pray if it takes all night long. And I just slammed the bedroom door. Man, I hit the floor in tongues. Just, I'm just praying in tongues just as fast and hard as I could. And I mean, just going for it. And I, I'm still just going, you know, about this dilemma that I'm in. And, and I thought, I wonder if I'd be quiet here, he'd say something to me. <laughs> now, I've never heard the audible voice of God. Well, it, it's speaking to me, that is. I, I, I heard him one time that to me, it was absolutely audible. He wasn't, he wasn't talking to me about me. I won't get into all that, but anyway. But it was so strong. Somebody said, you really heard it? I said, Let me tell you something, brother. My eyebrows hurt it. <laughs> it was so powerful. He said, it's about time. Stand up on your feet. Man, I stood up. I said, yes, sir. He said, it's about time. I couldn't get a word in edgewise. I sent you here and I'll take care of you here. Come on. That's so good. Yeah. Then he went ahead and gave me some other instructions. Man, I came out of there and Gloria said, what happened all night long? You wasn't in there 20 minutes. <laughs> I said, I got my answer. Now, now let me show you. What am I talking about? I am a commercially rated pilot. And I, I know I can go to that airport and get me a job. See how I'm thinking? I won't go into all the things. But anyway, I... Uh, <laughs> I'm sitting there, and this is another thing some of you kids don't hardly understand, but uh, I'm sitting there at Mrs. Campbell's desk. She's the registrar, and she's typing out my bill, and I don't have a time. But I got a smile on my face. I registered this morning. I said, Mrs. Campbell, may I make a, a collect call? Uh, it, baby, you know what a collect call is? <laughs> no. 
You have any idea about dialing direct? No. <laughs> you know what a payphone is? <laughs> I'm just teasing you. It's a big thing about this big, and it's got big holes at the top, one for a quarter and one for a, a nickel and one for a dime. And when you put the quarter in there, it goes bong. And you put the nickel in there, it goes ding. You put the dime in there, it goes ding. So the operator could tell how much money you're putting in there and you didn't put a slug in there. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, dial nine, she said, and I called my dad and he said, where are you? I said, I'm in registrar's office. He said, Kenneth, Eddie Matthews came, by. he's full gospel businessman, uh, president of the chapter there in Fort Worth. Just came out by my office this morning and said he, he brought a check by here and said it's supposed to go into your ministry. I said, praise God, Daddy, how much was it? It paid for my fees. It paid for my books, not new ones. It paid for my books. And when I got done, I had, I don't remember, 10, 15 cents. And, and I'd heard Brother Hagin say this, and I thought, boy, it's come to pass for me. I said, glory to God. I, I can't hardly wait till I get home. Glory, me and Gloria are going to get us a candy bar and go broke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amen. I was a stranger from the covenant of the promise. Now, I didn't know there was any such thing as a covenant. Didn't know there was a promise. Anyway, I started out at the LRC headed home and and my feet stuck to the floor. I couldn't, they wouldn't turn loose. And I said, what is it, Lord? He said, go up to the sixth floor. Well, they'd already warned students in orientation, stay off of that sixth floor. I said, Lord, I can't go up there. That's the Vatican. That, I, I don't know where I got that. But anyway, it just kind of came out of Now, remember what my, my dilemma was. I'm a pilot with experience enough to go get a job. But if I go to school, I can't go get a job. He said, go on up there, they work for me. Well, I got in the elevator and I didn't have guts enough to do it. I, I just couldn't punch that sixth floor. I punched the fifth floor. <laughs> now, you know, hey, this is 53 years ago. This is ORU's first graduation year. And it opened up and it is this massive empty room, which is now the, the library and now lunch and all. Of course, I think back then they didn't even have the books yet. And he said, I said the sixth floor. And I remember, I'm not teasing you, man. I did not want to push that. And I just punched, because I don't know. It never, it never dawned on me, what am I going to do when I get there? One day at a time, Lord Jesus. Oh. <laughs> Man, I pushed that when that door open. It looked like the last mile. I still didn't have a clue what I'm going to do. Of course, I'm 30 years old, so I didn't look like a student. And I got away with it up to that point. Gloria said I was the oldest freshman in the world, but then <laughs> anyway. I walked up to Ruth Rook's desk and I didn't know who she was. 
I said, my name's Kenneth Copeland. I just registered as a student today. And uh, uh, I'm a qualified commercial pilot, and I know this ministry has an airplane, and I need all the help I can get. Thank you very much. I, man, I want it out there so bad. <laughs> Oral Roberts had walked up behind me, and I didn't know he's there. Now, he's 6'3". And I felt like I'm four feet six. <laughs> He's that much taller than me. I turned around and he said, I'm Oral Roberts. I literally did this. I'm not putting on. I went, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> he said, did I understand you say you're a, you're a commercially rated pilot? I said, yes, sir. Can you handle our airplane? I said, yes, sir. He said, two weeks ago, I started to hire a new co-pilot. And the Spirit of the Lord said, no, don't do it. I have a student coming that I want to have the job. And you're my man. Now, he didn't say nothing about that to me when I was on the floor in the night before. Why? I'll ask you this. Why didn't he tell Samuel... All Samuel knew was the new king is at Jesse's house. That's all he knew. Now he looked at all of them. And of course, Eliab was a, was a fine stature of a man. And he thought, surely, I mean, this is the oldest, this is, this is my man right here. He checked out all of them. Now, so many of us would have said, now, wait a minute, this is all he's got. It's got to be one of them. Well, let's just take that big one. Yeah. After all, he's firstborn. He would have destroyed Israel had he done that because Eliab was a big talker and he was a coward. God said, I look on the heart. But Samuel said, there's got to be another one around here somewhere. Has to be another one. You have any more boys? Well, you know, the runt. <laughs> Not only. Not only was he the shepherd He's red-headed. <laughs> the red-headed one. Yeah. The odd. <laughs> yeah. And what did Samuel say? This is the one. Arise and anoint him. This is the king of Israel. He knew he was there, but he had to walk by faith and not by sight. Are you still here? All right, now listen to me.
As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham, for a father of many nations have I made thee. By being Western-minded, having no idea about covenant life and covenant relationship, in blood covenants, there's a name change. Now, in the 15th chapter, only the blood of animals had been shed. God said, you split that animal, not in half, but in half this way. From the back of the, the head, down the spine, and let those two halves fall. See, this is animal blood. And God walked with a, a burning lamp, a fire. Where have you heard that before? It was God Himself walking in that blood. I believe, I believe that the Lord showed me that Abram saw his footprints in that, in that blood. But Abram didn't shed any blood. Just the blood of animals. This is so important. Are you with me? I will establish my covenant between me. I'm not done with that. That name changing ceremony, that H in the middle of Abram is Abraham. Abraham. It is the name of God. They let me I think this is the quickest way I can share it with you. What happened when you got born again? Ephesians chapter 3. I bow my knee before the Father. That, that may be a little loose here, okay? Before the Almighty God I bow my knee before El Shaddai, the Almighty God, the all the 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 great, all efficient God, of whom the whole family in heaven and in earth is named. Hallelujah. You got born again. I want you to know there was a name changing ceremony. Went on in heaven. Praise God. You took his name and he took you. My brother and sister, this is as real in heaven. It's real in this earth. 
and it has been unheard of in the Christian world. And even those of us that know about it, it's being a stranger to it. Talk about covenant, yeah, blood covenant, yeah. Well, what about the Lord's table? Well, what about it? Stand there with that cup in your hand and hadn't got a clue. I mean, you're being as reverent about it as you can and it's for the healing of the nations and nothing ever happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. And I can tell you one of the reasons for that. Some people only take communion the third Sunday of the month and don't even think about it then unless the pastor brings it up and they've got the big table moved out there where you can see it. Don't have any idea what's happening. Mm -hmm. But Jesus said, this is the new covenant in my blood. Drink it all. I'm reading from E.W. Kenyon's masterpiece on the blood covenant. Two men wish to cut the covenant. And, and I want to, first of all, the root word for covenant, I'm talking about in Hebrew, is to cut, suggesting an incision where blood flows. Two men wish to cut the covenant. They come together with their friends and a priest. First, they exchange gifts. By this exchange of gifts, they indicate that all, listen to me, that all that one has, the other owns if necessary. After the exchange of gifts, they bring a cup of wine. Now think about Jesus. These men sitting at that table understand exactly what he's talking about. You remember he said, unless you drink my blood and eat my body, you're none of mine. Well, the people that got up and left, it was just, it was too powerful for them. They just couldn't take that. He turned around. I'm I'm paraphrasing now. He turned around and said, you want to go too? If you do, get on. I'll get me somebody else. I'll cut the covenant with somebody else. It sounds like what what the Almighty God said. Let me put it this way. sounds like what Jesus said to Abram, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. He and the Almighty God. Amen. Why is Jesus there in the first place? Because God had to have blood. Amen. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Listen to this now. An incision is made in the other man's arm and his blood drips into the same cup. One cup. Each man drops blood. This is what happened between Jonathan and David. The wine is stirred and the bloods are mixed. Then the cup is handed to one man. He drinks part of it. Then hands it to the other man and he drinks the rest of it. When they have drunk it, oft times they will put their wrists together so that their blood mingles, so they touch their tongues of each other's wounds. Now they've become blood brothers. And Jesus said, this is my blood of the new covenant. Drink it. And it was wine. I don't preach me happy, brother. This is what's going on between Abram and El Shaddai. The Almighty God. Say it again. He is the Almighty God. I serve the Almighty God. My faith is in Him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Verse 9. No, excuse me. Verse 8. I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession. I will be their God. And God said to Abraham, you shall keep my covenant Therefore, you and your seed after you in their generations. This is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you and thy seed after thee. And if you be Christ, if you be in Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise, the promise. You're a blood covenant partner to God. Every man child among you shall be circumcised. The first human blood. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, we could spend a long time. I don't, of course, have time in this session to do it. The first human bloodshed. Mm. Now then, in Abraham's body and in Sarah's body, there was a direct contradiction to what God said. Direct contradiction to it. She had been barren, never had had a baby. And a woman 90 years old 
there's just not, and like I said, he hoped against hope. Well, there's just not much hope. And, and the world and common sense will tell you, well, of course not, there's not any hope. Well, we don't walk by common sense. We walk by faith. That's right. Amen. Brother Hagin brought this up. I, I had never thought about this. Well, I, yeah, I can't say that. I had thought about it and talked about it, but not in just this same light. He said, how did Abraham reconcile those two things. An irreconcilable situation. I mean, Abraham's 100 years old by the time that boy was born. She's 90. How did he reconcile it? He didn't. He didn't even try. Completely and totally ignored it. Now, let me, let, let me remind you of something else. He didn't have anybody to lay hands on him. <laughs> they wouldn't have done it in the first place. Does that old man think he is? 100 years old saying he's going to have father of many nations. Yeah, right. Give me a break. Let me just throw another little something in there. Just to sweeten this up a little. Isaac was born. Sarah died. Having had that one child. Nettie? Abraham remarried and had six more sons. This was not a one-time shot here, brother. <laughs> 25th chapter of Genesis. He remarried and had six more sons and lived to be a hundred and seventy-five years old. Some people come to me and say that faith stuff don't work. I got one strong Texas answer. Bull. <laughs> don't come tell me it doesn't work. It came too late for me. That's right. Amen. I consider not my own body now dead, neither the deadness of my wife's womb, but only that which God has promised. Now, another thing he said, that he was fully persuaded, fully persuaded, fully persuaded that he was able also to do it. It's not good enough to consider not. I consider not my body now 83 years old. 
but only that which God has promised. And in Genesis 6, 3, he promised me 120 years. And I have a personal covenant with El Shaddai in the flesh. Glory to God. He asked me to do it, and that's a command to me, and I'm going to get there. He's going to come once first. Amen. Now, that don't mean I can just live like slop. It took some changes. Everything. <laughs> the way you think, the way you look and see things, the way you hear things, the way you read the Word. I've fallen in love with this book again. Amen. Now you know what it's talking about when he said, in the beginning is the Word. What Word? The blood covenant Word of God. One of my heroes of the faith, Bishop David Oyedipo, Lagos, Nigeria. He learned the power of praise. And he just praised till something happened. They just praised, and the church just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Finally ran out of room, man. They didn't have any place to build another church. So they just went out in the jungle. Started off 500 acres. Just cut out of the jungle. And first time I met him in 2008, they had 2,000 acres. And he said, Brother Kenneth, first of all, let me tell you what first he said. Well, he said, um, uh, this is phase one. And he said, phase one, was 250 million U.S. dollars. And he said, no American money and no debt. And I thought, uh, and you've been learning from me. I need to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, phase two is 250 million. We have that in the bank. Never have, never have raised the money. He said, is let God do it. Amen. Amen. And now, I go there every year. And now, what is it, David? 16,000 acres? It's a city. It has become a city. A couple of banks. And he said this to me. He said, I had no trouble with the praise. I had no trouble with that. any other city. But he said, the money part of it, as he said, is real puzzle to me. Because listen, that's one of the poorest places on earth. It was either the very wealthy or the very poor. And that man and his ministry started what is now called the, Niger the new Nigerian middle class. Faith people. His church seats 50,000. They have five services on Sunday. 
He said, I read your book, The Laws of Prosperity, and I read Mama's book on uh, the will of God for, for you is to prosper. And he said, I fasted and prayed, and I'm seeking God. And he said, it's while I was reading Mama Gloria's book. And he said, oh, it hit me. It hit me. He said, it's a covenant. It's a covenant. He looked me right in the face and he said, Brother Copeland, when I read, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. That is a blood back statement. And he said, the only thing now is just the doing of it. He said, I don't ever even think about it anymore. But I praise. He said, I praise. And I praise and I praise and I praise. Until something happens. <laughs> Hallelujah. Somebody shout amen. That man's no stranger to covenant. No stranger to covenant. Now I'm going to do my best to wrap it up with this. We'll take up in the morning. What do you consider? You cannot just consider not your own body. Well, I consider not my own body. I consider not my own body. I consider, oh, I consider not my own body. Oh, I consider not my own body. I consider not my own body. I consider not my own body. That ain't good enough. Consider him. Fully persuaded. Go to the book of Hebrews. I consider not my own body. Oh, glory to God. Hebrews chapter 3. Verse 1. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly <coughs> calling, consider, say consider. <coughs> I consider not my own body. Say it. I consider not my own body. I consider not the pain in my body. I consider not these hard and terrible symptoms. But I consider him. The apostle and high priest of my profession, my confession, the anointed Jesus, who was faithful to him that appointed him. He's the faithful El Shaddai in the flesh, my brother and sister. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh. Hebrews 12, 3 
Let's start with the first one. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and and the sin which does so easily beset us. Let us run with patience the race that's set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. I consider not these symptoms. I consider not that debt. I consider it not, but I consider him who is the author and the provider and the finisher and the developer of my faith. And he's faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher or developer of my faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of God. Consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your mind. You don't lay there in the middle of the night and worry and think and worry and you got pain, bad pain. Thank God I've been through a lot of pain. And I stand before you tonight without a pain in my body. Because of my covenant and my Jesus and my El Shaddai God. Just saying God doesn't say it. He has names. The word God actually came out of German theology. God. He's Yehovah. The seven redemptive names of God. Well, you see, Brother Copeland, that was just for Israel. No. <coughs> That's all passed away. No, 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 He is Yahovah Rapha. When he said, you do those things which are right in my sight. None of these diseases that came on Egypt come on you. I am the Lord that healeth thee. I am Yehovah Rapha. For it to have passed away, he would have had to have changed his name. What about Yehovah Sabaoth? Not Sabbath, Sabaoth. It's in both covenants. <laughs> Let me tell you something. You'll, when I get through telling you this, your goosebumps going to double park. <laughs> In the little book of Malachi, where they talk about the tithing, <laughs> 22 times saith the Lord of hosts, Yehovah Sabaoth. Jehovah, God of the angelic armies of God. 22 times in that little book. And he said, you prove me now here with this. Saith Jehovah Sabaoth. 
<laughs> the destroyer, I'll rebuke him. Who said that? Yahovah And Satan speaks Hebrew. Well, at least he understands. And he sure understood that one. Because that's the same one that kicked the slats out of him before hell. Read the book of Daniel. Daniel prayed for 21 days, partial fast. And who came? Gabriel, archangel, and said, David, ah, David, um, uh, uh, Daniel, um, fear not, son. We heard you the first day. But the prince of Persia, let me make it plain, Iran, withstood me. And finally, I had to call on Michael. Hello. <laughs> and he took care of business. The archangel of war. Yahovah Sabaoth. And he's your God. And he's your father. And your ministering spirit. Are they not all the angels? Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who are heirs of salvation? And Yahovah Sabaoth is your father. Yahovah Sabaoth. Praise God. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Jesus in the flesh. <laughs> the Lord of hosts, commander in chief himself. Oh, dear Lord God. I don't see how you can sit down. Oh, darling. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you tonight. We praise you and thank you. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll do that. You remember what happened after the slaughter of the kings? Melchizedek came. Melchizedek was Sham. You can't tell that from the, particularly from the King James Bible. But if you study uh, Jewish history and in particular the Chumash, and the, uh, lot, they have history of all this. 
I mean, they've got records that go way back there. And Noah's three sons. What did God say to Noah? Same thing he said to Adam. Be fruitful and multiply, subdue the earth, have, take dominion over it, and have dominion over everything, fire, swims, and creeps, you know, the whole thing. And Ham and Japheth did the same thing Adam did. They just sloughed it off and threw it away. Not Sam. And Jesus is our, remember now, Melchizedek, Shem, after the slaughter of the kings, came and blessed Abram, saying, Blessed be Abram. Now, here's the reason why. This is the reason why us Westerners don't get it. The word of is in there. Blessed be Abram of the Most High God. The covenant friend of God. Possessor of heaven and earth. Everybody knows God's possessor of heaven and earth. He called Abram the possessor of heaven. What did he have in his hand? The bread and the wine. And if you're a stranger from covenant, you don't even get that. It don't even mean anything to you. And you're still standing there. And often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. What? What remembrance? Think about it like this. Jesus, figuratively, took that wine. And that 13, 14, 15, 16, 17th chapters of the book of John was all right there at that final supper, the covenant supper. Use the figure that I read from Dr. Kenyon's book. Figuratively, Jesus was dropping his blood in that wine and said, drink it. What did he already said? If you don't eat of my body and drink of my blood, come on, come on. Hallelujah. Now, every time you take that communion, and you can take it every day if you want to. Hallelujah. And you just see it in your mind. He's dropped his blood in this cup. And I am drinking the blood of Almighty God. I'm his, and he's mine, and Jesus Christ of Nazareth is my blood brother. Hallelujah. Praise God. 
There is a friend, capitalized, capital F, that sticks closer than a brother. Yes. The King James translation goes back far enough, goes way back to the time when covenants in Europe were very, very, very important. And in James chapter 2, calling Abraham the friend of God, the word friend, friend is capitalized. That's proper. He's a co blood covenant brother to God. Amen. And Jesus said, I no longer call you servants. I call you friends. Glory be to Jesus. I call you my friend. You don't work for me anymore. We're in brothers in blood. And they just sit there. They knew exactly what he meant. They knew exactly what he meant. It was still so strange. This is the first time they'd ever heard the blessing preached. They'd always heard the curse preached. That's always that. That's all they ever heard in synagogue. They were all Orthodox Jews. But covenant is very, 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 very real. They knew that old book. They knew the book of Genesis. They knew the book of Leviticus that makes blood so sacred. Even the blood of animals is sacred to God. Because the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I can't find a place to quit. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Stand up, please. <laughs> First of all, let's just praise him and thank him. We serve the almighty God. Oh, thank you. Our faith is in you, sir. Put both hands on your head. I call my body well. I call my head well. I call my brain well. I call my eyes well. I consider not. Any symptoms, Any symptoms of sickness, of sickness disease, disease, weakness, weakness or, pain. or pain. I consider him. I consider the Lord Jesus himself who bore my sickness, carried my pain, and by his stripes, my body's healed. I call my body well. I call my ears well. I call my eyes well. I call my mouth well. 
My gums are well. My tongue is well. My, the whole part in, inside and outside my face is all well. I call my sinuses well. I call my throat well. Oh my, I call my tonsils well. <laughs> I call my lungs well. I call my heart well. Heart, I call you well. Heart valves, I call you well. I call my stomach well. I call my intestines well. I call my liver well. It's over here on the right side. I call, say it again. Put your hand right up here like this. I call my liver well. Liver, you're well. Do you hear me, liver? I call you well. I call my thighs well. I call my knees well. I call my sciatic nerves well. I call my feet well. I call my ankles well. All of my body I call well. I call my back well. Lower back, I call you well. Any kind of back pain, I call you well. Spinal stenosis, I call you well. I call you gone. I'm well. Hips, I call you well. I'm well. Thank God I'm well. My neck is well. My shoulder. Shoulder, I call you well. I call you well. I call my hand well. I call my wrist well. I call my elbow well. I do not have, nor will I receive any symptoms of arthritis, joint pain of any kind. I consider not symptoms. I consider them not. I consider him that bore that. Consider, am I El Shaddai God in the flesh? Who lives on the inside of me right now? Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I'm well. I call my hips well. All of my body. Oh, we forgot the right arm. Right arm. I call you well. Right elbow. I call you well. Right shoulder. I call you well. I'm well. I'm well. I'm well. I'm well. I'm well. I'm well. I call my body 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 well. 
lot of healing going on here right now. Online, there's a lot of healing going on. Now listen to me. Listen to me. This is not a church activity. That's right. Norval Hayes, who just went home a few months ago at over 90 years old, very close friend of Brother Hagin, very close friend of, of Gloria and mine. And <laughs> back a number of years ago, now Norval Hayes was a businessman, very successful man. <laughs> and he was up in Canada. And um, he was up on the platform And there was a man that was in a wheelchair and just really uh, paralyzed. And, and he was down front, had come down for, to be prayed for and so forth. And the word of the Lord came to normal and said, tell him to call his legs straight and they'll straighten out. So there, and there was a lot of people praising God and carrying on pretty loud. So Norval went down and got down there right next to him and said, if you'll call your legs straight, they'll straighten out. I got his look at He said, if you'll call your legs straight, they'll straighten out. He just sat there. Noah said, the Lord told me to tell you, if you'll call your legs straight, they'll straighten out. I'll call my legs straight. No, that's no good. <laughs> Brother Hagin said he had to get down there in his ear. People were, you know, but he just got down there hollering at the guy. That's no good. Say it like you mean it. I call my legs straight. <laughs> that won't work. That's no good. Say it like you mean it. I call my legs straight. That won't work. That's no good. Say it. I call my legs straight. I call my legs straight. No, that's no good. Say it loud. I call my legs straight. Now that won't work. <laughs> say it. Say it like you mean it. Say it over and over and over again. Say it loud. I call my legs straight. 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 Brother Hagin said he started shouting that just as loud as he could, just as fast as he could for about 10 minutes and just got up and walked off. Now I was doing this. And I've been doing it for quite a while now. And I thought, now here I'm preaching this and I've gotten quiet about it. Man, 
I call my body well. I call my body well. I call my body well. I, I, I consider not my body 83 years old. I consider only what God had promised. And I, I consider him that bore every symptom in my body. I consider the one who took it to hell and back. I consider the one who's my God. He's the El Shaddai God of mine. He's alive within me now. And I call my body well. I call my body well. I call my body well. Just to get loud and say it here in the church, it ain't going to do much for you. You're going to have to get to work. You get up in the middle of the night, you're laughing saying, I call my body well. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I call my body well. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. I call my body well. I call my body well. And on the way back to bed, I call myself sound asleep. Yeah. <laughs> now I've all my life <laughs> I've never slept very well. Gloria. Oh, brother. <laughs> I think she goes to sleep as she's laying down. <laughs> oh, that girl can sleep. And I oh, I'll tell you what, it just thrills me to, see, to lay there and watch her sleep. But, and I, but I, I learned a long time ago that the 22nd Psalm, or, or the 122nd Psalm, it is vain to rise up early and sit up late eating the bread of sorrows, for he gives his beloved sleep. Therefore, sleep is a gift. And I believe I received that heavenly gift. Therefore, by faith, I am sound asleep right now. I am fast asleep. Did you ever think about that, why people say that? He's fast asleep. Oh, fast asleep. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I call myself fast asleep. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Faith in God. God's word is. Because God is. The moment the moment that God said, you're the father of many nations, he was. Now all he had to do was believe it, but he was. I got news for you. He was before the foundation of the world because God is and his word is. True.
And the most wonderful article of the covenant is, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be sozo. Saved, healed, delivered. You know, it's really too bad we just read English. Because that word saved said all of that. Saved, healed, delivered, set free from dangers. Are you glad you came tonight? Well, give the Lord another praise, Pastor. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.